This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good morning. This is Father Richard Kunst, along with Kevin Pilon, coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth. We are on the uh, St. James campus of Stella Maris Academy on Real Presence Live. Thank you for tuning in. One of the ways that you can listen to RPR is via our app if you don't have it. Uh, it's you can head to the app store and just download it. You can see all sorts of things about Real Presence Live, like hear about daily mass, prayer, adding your prayer requests, all the sorts of things that you hear on the radio. You can do with the RPR app, so you can download that in the app store. All right, now our next guest is a. It's an exciting to have our guest because it's Dr. Ray Gurendi, who is uh, the host of the Doctor Is In on EWTN Radio. And uh, basically, we're talking about what parents in today's culture, how to, what does a parent need to take into consideration to be a parent in today's culture, as messed up as it is. And so, Dr. Ray, welcome to Real Presence Live. Hi, Father Richard. How are you? Very, very good. So I, I do have the first question, which I think is very important. So I, even before you go on to anything that you're going to say, so... You know, we've heard that you're a little lax in your Lenten uh, penance and that your well, wife is kneeling on glass while yeah. praying the rosary five times a day and you, you've you decided to think about not enjoying your chocolate before eating it. So what do you have to say about I, uh, this? Yeah, I've cut down I've cut down on the chocolate to about a pound a day. Okay? <laughs> and I gave up. I also gave up broccoli, spinach, and kale. I gave up kale, <laughs> uh, which is... Not too many people do that. I mean, I checked in. I checked into the top five Lenten sacrifices, and kale was not even up there. Now, now Doctor Ray, now it wasn't ten minutes ago that we told people not to tell people what they gave up for Lent. Well, yeah, I know because well, here's the thing: I'm I'm training for the humility award, but during Lent, during Lent, there's kind of a sabbatical, so I can just pretty much promote myself. Oh, so it's kind of flipped on its head. It sounds like. Yeah, it's, it's, it's kind of it's kind of a spiritual self-aggrandizement kind of thing. I mean, you know, into that. Yeah, I think that's um, I think that's right after the AP Attitudes is where it talks about that in scripture, <laughs> where that's okay. it is. Yeah, it's, the, it's the, and I forget what kind of modern translation it was. You know, the new, the new living modern cultural Bible or something. The like that. the message. Now, now Doctor Ray, just so you know, so my my co-host here is Kevin Pilon, and he's got three kids, and he was saying all morning how he was just going to make this a personal time to counsel with you about how to deal with his kids. So he's going to be asking very pointed questions, I think. But they'll all be hypothetical, Dr. A. I, I won't name any names. They could be anybody's kids. <laughs> I but know it, this guy who has three children, um, and like he has a radio show, but we won't, we don't, we won't mention him. Yeah, I got you, Kevin. I'm yep. with you. But in, in all seriousness, um, the topic of the morning, of course, is a, a crucial, an important topic. What does it take to be a parent in today's culture, which we could talk for three hours about this, and this is, I mean, you talk about this most days on your radio show in some fashion, but why is the culture so tough on parents right now? This is not a farm in Springfield, Ohio, in 1880. As a result, what's happening the last, I'd say, I'd say just, it's gained momentum the last 20 years. The forces that can shape our kids, thinking-wise, morally-wise, responsibility-wise, maturity-wise, are so powerful and so pervasive that, one, most parents underestimate them, 
They do. And and two, most parents are nervous about fighting them head on because they're afraid the kids will resent them. They're afraid the kids will think, what are, what are you, some kind of Neanderthal throwback? I got stuck with psycho parents. Two. Three, they're worried the kids will get deceptive and sneaky and go behind their backs. And by the time they're 19, they'll say, I'm never going to church again because of what you tried to do to me. All of this enters in to a parent trying to stand strong against this culture. And you know, okay, guys, the number one referral I get in my office, the number one now is a parent or parents talking about a 15-year-old, a 20-year-old, a 27-year-old, a 34-year-old, a 41-year-old, and they're saying, what happened? I didn't raise him like this. We, 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 had, a, we had a loving, faithful home. They, they've rejected the faith, or, or, or they haven't rejected it, but they've just decided that mom and dad don't know what they're talking about on anything. What happened? And I'll tell the parents, I believe you. I know you didn't raise him this way, but you underestimated the power and the persuasiveness of what did. So that's what they're facing. Uh, Dr. Ray, I, uh, um, I read a column for our diocese newspaper as well, and about, I don't know, probably around three or four months ago, I wrote on this subject about a question that I, as pastor, get all the time, and it's kind of like basically what you were just saying. I get all the time parents coming to me with their adult about their adult children and saying, you know, what happened? What where did we go wrong? What what did we do that made it so that they are no longer going to, to church or that they've become unplugged with the faith? And it is such a common thing for for parents of adult children wondering what what did they do that went wrong? And and you know basically in, in the you know I mean in the uh, column I basically said it's you know I mean it's not your fault. You can't beat yourself up for this. If you were a loving parent that brought your kids to show them the importance of the faith and practicing it, that you that's what you had to do. That and you did what you could. People when they get older they get a mind of their own obviously and and some of them many of them choose to to you know fade away from the faith and and we have these parents that beat themselves up all the time so what do you say to those um uh, to the uh, the parents i'm going to give you an exercise to use father are you guys ready all right yes you, i'm going to ask you a series of questions and please just answer yes or no are you ready all right i'm afraid is there a wrong answer no, you'll get it, Father. You're, you're, you are spiritually enlightened. You'll get it. <laughs> is there a God? Yes. Is Christ God? Yes. yes. These are easy. Was he sinless? Yes. yes. Could he perform miracles? Yes. yes. Did he have a perfect understanding of human nature? Yes. yes. Could he get most people to follow him? No. No. Oh, Oh, I see. <laughs> so these parents think they're better at this than the God-man. Hmm. So, so that somehow, if they just applied the proper spiritual formula, they would have a St. John Bosco or a Mother Teresa. And the fact that they don't, obviously, they felt sure. They were deficient, spiritually. Mm. And when I point that out to parents, they say, our Lord himself couldn't get most people to follow him. Who do we think we are? You are asked to do one thing. You are asked to raise them in the faith with love as best you can. Within your humanist. That's what, that's what you're asked. You are not asked for results. 
you you are not asked that these kids are going to understand. This is a phenomenon unprecedented in Christian history. What most kids were raised with in most of Christian history, they stayed with. They didn't have other forces pulling them aside. Our culture is so good at making bad look good, evil look right. It's so good at it. Just just watch television for one hour, mm-hmm. and you will see not only, you, you'll see evil presented, and you'll see more immorality presented, but it's presented in such an appealing way. The bad guys are so much more admirable than the good guys, and that's just a small sliver of what's coming at kids. And as a result, my son said to me the other day, he's 20, 23 years old. He said, you know, Dad, you were one, you were one voice telling me how to live well. I heard thousands telling me the exact opposite of you. Hmm. And he's right. He's absolutely right. Wow. Dr. Ray, what would you say, you know, there's... There's a certain time in a kid's life, a certain age maybe, and maybe it's maybe there's a sliding scale, but at about what age or what grade do you see as a tipping point or a jumping off point? I know for myself it was, for me, seventh grade. I remember that specific difference between sixth and seventh grade about caring about what my parents wanted and uh, following uh, the Ten Commandments to just doing what I wanted. What would you say to that? farmer in the 1900s didn't say, oh boy, my boy, he's in the 7th, 8th grade now. All he wants to do is hang around with his buddies. I can't get no help from him now. He don't want to do nothing. That farmer never said that. That farmer was ecstatic that that 13, 14-year-old boy was becoming a man and that he was strong enough to help. The whole idea of teens now being pulled off by their peers is a relatively new phenomenon. This is not something that is innate to the age. Hmm. This is not something that, oh, I turned 14. Well, my mom and dad don't mean much, and my peers do. No, no. It's happening now because it's social-cultural. Not so much Hmm. because it's developmental. And what I tell parents typically is that you have no choice. You're going to have to be vigilant in ways you never, ever thought you are going to have to be vigilant. You won't stop your kid from, from doing things behind your back. That's not going to happen. And you certainly won't stop the world from creeping in. That's not going to happen either. But what you're going to do is you're going to slow down the pace of their loss of innocence. You're going to slow down the pace of their becoming worldly so that your morals and your teaching will have a few more years to sink in before they, they finally look at the world at age 15 and go, man. Look at all this stuff that's available to me, and all I got standing in the way is this this old lady and old guy. Well, but if at age fifteen he's been he's been protected for a while, he may be a little sturdier, and that's what you're playing for. You mentioned that word protected. Um, what are some ways you found uh, to share with parents on? taking real steps in that and protecting their kids. And I I know you talk about this a lot on your show. Number one thing a parent can do that will make their parenting harder, more difficult, and will 
probably be the major influence in their child's journey from is buy them a smartphone. Get them a smartphone. That's it. That'll do it. No question. Put the world in their hand. That'll do it. I I oftentimes tell parents, first of all, you've got to have a completely countercultural view on video games, on television, on smartphones, on computers. You have to. Now, does that mean you can't do any of it? No. But what it means is the pop stuff is not going to get to your kid. It's just not going to. You're not going to have a five-year-old playing that video game three hours a day. It's not going to happen. You're not going to let it happen. Parents will say to me, oh, he's so caught up in video games, I can't believe it. And I will ask, well, who's making them available? Why are you doing that? So I tell parents, you have to, you have to recognize these forces, they'd be a little more vigilant toward them, and slow them down. If your kid is 12 and doesn't have a smartphone, you are now in a small minority, which is nuts. That's insane. If your kid is 15 and doesn't have a smartphone, you're, you're less than 1%. Do you realize how strong a parent you got to be to be a 1% parent? Hmm. But you better. Hmm. This is all very good uh, food for thought. And, uh, Dr. Rear, um, uh, giving us a lot of uh, good information. We're going to be taking a break here very shortly, but we're just getting started with Dr. Ray. Stay tuned after the break when we have uh, some more advice from him in regards to parents and struggling to keep it together. I'm, I'm actually literally, Dr. Ray, as we're talking, I'm getting texts from all sorts of people to ask me to ask you questions. Let's do it. On the, let's do it after the break. Yeah, we can, we can do at least uh, one or two of them. But uh, uh, you're going to be in Duluth here shortly, right? Good Lord permitting. Yeah, I'm coming into Duluth to see you guys. I think it's, uh, what, March 11th in the evening, the banquet? March 10th. March 10th, March 10th. Yeah. yeah. March 10th, okay. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll talk a little bit more about that, too, after the break. So, all right. Thank you, Dr. Ray. We'll be talking to you shortly. After the break. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. I chose Mount Marty over at State School because of the small classroom sizes and because of the small faculty to student ratio. I want to be able to develop a relationship with my professors and not just be a number on the wall. Hello, my name is Mitchell Lahneman. I'm a junior at Mount Marty College and I'm originally from Adrian, Minnesota. You can really develop relationships with your professors and Mount Marty offers lots of opportunities such as leadership positions and different clubs and activities to participate in. Mount Marty College, experience the momentum. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. You can join Father Tom Loomis and St. James Coffee on a life-changing travel experience on a tour to Poland where you will encounter Christ and His Church and learn from history, the life of Pope John Paul, the faith of the Polish people, and more August 22nd through the 31st, 2020. Participation in this tour provides financial support for St. James Coffee. You can stop by the coffee shop in Rochester to pick up a brochure or Ed Ventures can be reached at 800-658-7128. 
Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. Real Presence Radio is now accepting applications for a full-time administrative assistant to the programming director. A qualified candidate should demonstrate excellent self-management and time management skills and have excellent oral and written communication skills. Tasks will include assisting in lining up daily guests for our local program, Real Presence Live, writing talking points and promotional material for program segments, and managing a programming calendar. Degree or experience in communication or business administration is preferred but not required. For more information, contact Brandon at 877-795-0122. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome to Real Presence Live. This is Father Richard Kutz coming to you from the Diocese of Duluth at the St. James campus of Stella Mars Academy. I am joined with Kevin Pilon, our co-host, and we've been talking for the last 15 minutes, Dr. Ray Grendy, about parenting and uh, the challenges of parenting here in the 21st century of the United States. And before the break, uh, Dr. Ray, I told you I uh, got a question via text from a listener that is a friend of mine, and I'm just going to kind of just throw it out there and you can maybe respond, okay? So this, uh, this former parishioner of mine said that, that 14-year-old boy, uh, some acts of deceit, they downloaded a couple of apps without permission from mom and dad, and uh, uh, that the 14-year-old said, nope, they're in the wrong, mom and dad are in the wrong, according to him, and he now hates his parents. He wants to leave, and that all of his friends are saying that his parents are overreaching. Uh, why can't we just, and he's saying, why can't you just let me live and have fun? And, uh, and then the parents are saying, no, nope, the problem was the deceit. And he doesn't see that. You know, he doesn't think it's wrong. Can you address that? Several very common realities here. One, the kids had a smartphone. That's the, that's the first miscalculation. We don't know how long he's had it. But one, he's got it. Uh, two, there probably hasn't been any parental controls on it. Three, uh, his deception was what they caught. There's no doubt in my mind there's been plenty of other deceptions. These are just the ones they caught. Four, you find out how much this smartphone has become his world in so many ways because now he has never reacted this angrily to anything else they've ever done. Okay, that's four. Five, uh, that's, a nice, that's a nice word that mom is using or dad is using, overreaching. I am sure his peers are telling him, your parents are nuts. Your parents are psychos. Your parents are weirdos. So that's, that's happening. If it were me. You misuse that phone? Oh, I, 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 don't, I don't take it away for a week. I take it. You've shown me you're not morally responsible. That's the first thing. Now, what will happen is I don't know what this kid will do. I mean, I've seen him run away. I've seen him go crazy. But, again, this is all part of a parent can't parent in fear. You can't say, oh, boy, if I finally decide to stop you from doing something that's really going to hurt you or is wrong... I don't know how you react, so therefore I better not stop you. You, you can't parent like that. This, this young man has told his parents loud and clear, this phone has become my life. The odds of him 
seeing pornography on this phone are sky high. Recent survey, ages 11 to, 30, 11 to 19, 90% of kids have seen pornography. Average first age is between 8 and 10. So all of this is happening across the board in our country. I can't tell you how many parents will say to me, my kid went crazy when I took the cell phone because the parent didn't realize what, what part of the kid's life it had become. Yeah, even for adults. Oh, yeah. And, 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 and typically if a parent says to me, well, my 14-year-old went crazy, I say, well, when did he get a smartphone? Oh, oh, about two years ago. You mean he had the computer in his hand of the world at age 12? Where's he going to go? What's he going to see? What's he going to do? Who's he going to talk to? What's he going to pull up? Almost always some form of deception occurs. Can I ask a, uh, another question that maybe shifts the, the attention a little bit? Because I'm taking this from the pastor side of things, things that I hear from uh, um, uh, from parents on a regular basis that you can maybe shed a little bit of light on. I, I get people that are that are you know very much into their faith and wanting to be faithful Catholics and bringing up their younger kids that way. And the the question often is, how do I get my children interested in this? How do I, you know, they fight getting us to church. They want to be there. How can I get my kids interested in wanting to come? And I'll say, and I'll say, in my observation from what I've seen in the years of my my being pastor, is that lots of the times people that have very faithful families that bring their kids very faithfully to mass often will have the kids that most rebel from it when they get a little bit older. And so maybe there's two parts of a question there. Yeah, that's probably not true, Father. Uh, there's been surveys that said if a mom and dad bring a kid to church, or just dad alone bring a kid to church, that's the highest percentage of kids who will stay in church as adults. Okay? I say to parents several things. One, you can't be this overwrought, pious Catholic that your poor kid can't ask questions about the faith or share doubts with you or any of that. you got to love them like crazy. you got to kiss them up and hug them up. And you got to know the faith and be able to explain it. My grandmother came here when she was eight years old from Italy. She went to St. Anthony's Parish in Canton, Ohio, the parish of Mother Angelica. If the priest said, Rose, this is what it is, my grandmother would have said, priest said it, that's the way it is. No longer that way anymore. You can't tell the kids that. You can't say, well, this is the way it is. We're going to pray the rosary, and that's why. Well, why are we praying the rosary, guys? Let's store here. All you do is you immerse them in the faith as best you can, and then you've kind of done what you're supposed to do. You see, these parents, Father, are looking for guarantees. There's no guarantees. i got ten kids. i got some going to serve a church. i got some probably going to serve time. You know what I mean? Who knows? i got one going to Penn State and one probably going to State Penn. <laughs> it's a wide ball of wax. Yeah, you bring up a lot of really good points, and you... And just have a great insight as a, as a parent yourself. I appreciate your thoughts on that, Dr. Ray. And, you know, coming up next week, we're really excited to have you because you're going to be the guest speaker at the upcoming RPR fundraising banquet that's happening in Duluth. So why should people come out for, for this banquet? And, and what can they uh, get uh, or expect from you as you are the keynote speaker? Do you have a little tease for us? I will make them stand strong, not only as parents, but as grandparents. I will give them that little exercise I shared with you and Father about uh, taking the guilt off their shoulders when their children have left the faith. I do that at the end of most of my talks. 
and parents will tell me that's the number one thing that they took home with them. Finally, they don't feel as guilty. We'll have a lot of fun. I guarantee they will laugh. They will laugh. So I'm looking forward to it. Do you have any final thoughts? We just have about two minutes here. Um, Any advice for parents who are really struggling to keep it together right now? Do not be afraid to stand strong. I always tell parents, if your children go astray, you want it to be because they had to climb over top of you to get to the gate. You don't want it to be because you stepped aside and opened the gate. If my kids go astray, I want to be able to look back and say, hey, I loved them as hard as I could, and I stood strong as hard as I could, even though we were countercultural, and that's the way it is. And I, I can be at peace with that. I cannot be at peace if I look back and say, I just compromised with the culture because I was afraid, because I was insecure, because I thought they wouldn't like me, because I thought they would rebel, because I thought they would be resentful, because I thought they'd look at me like I'm a Neanderthal throwback weirdo Catholic. Dr. Ray, this has all been great advice. And uh, uh, we just have about a, a minute left, not even, 30 seconds left. What's your last words of wisdom? Last words of wisdom. Love with all your might. And make sure you discipline just as well, because discipline is not tough love. Discipline is love. Great. Thank you, Dr. Ray. Um, uh, We are looking forward to having you in Duluth. We're looking forward to having the Real Presence uh, Banquet here in Duluth, and uh, we'll show you a good time here. So thank you very Um, much for joining us. Appreciate it. Looking forward to it. Thanks, guys. Thanks. After the break, we'll be listening to, uh, we'll be having uh, as our guest, Mark Halpatton from the TV show Pawn Stars, and he's going to be talking to us about how to authenticate truly rare items after our break. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 